Hello, everyone. I'm Becca, dietitian by trade, mom 24-7, wife from the start, and when there's a few extra hours in the day, you might find me hitting the trails or on horseback. And I'm Kara, a therapist to women, a mom to a boy, an entrepreneur, mountain junkie, and a postpartum runner. And this is Fit for a Queen, a podcast that's devoted to the female athlete wanting to balance the teeter-totter of all the things we desire out of life as women. Performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self, even if we only get one minute out of the day. We're so excited to be bringing you the queens in the athletic world who have done just that. Okay, ladies, take a seat at your thrones, grab your crowns, and welcome to Fit for a Queen. All right, ladies and gents, we have a long overdue (laughs) interview today with our own Rebecca McConville, co-host of Fit for a Queen. Um, We're going to do it this time, and we're going to release your interview. That's because third time's a charm. We are celebrating our third Third birthday. Happy birthday to us. Yeah. I won't sing. And in celebration, we're finally going to interview you. So Becca is, let me tell you about all of these credentials, oh is a registered dietitian, a certified sports dietitian, a certified eating disorder <laughs> dietitian, Alphabet and a red S expert, which we are going to be talking about today. <laughs> Don't get. Uh-huh. How long were you in school? Uh, are you still oh my God. School? Like almost eight years. Yeah. I'm a perpetual learner. That's right. Uh, and now teacher. Yes. Virtual teacher. Look at you. <laughs> Virtual teacher. She's also a proud mama of um, 11-year-old. 11-year-old. And uh, doing uh, all the dual things right now. Trying. Welcome to Fit for a Queen, Becca. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, tell us a little bit about your journey into the world of sports dietetics and then working with those struggling with an eating disorder and athletes. Sure. I want to hear about your journey. Sure. So, obviously, it always starts with that personal connection, um, having been a collegiate athlete. You know, you can get away with certain things, like at the high school level, but when you get into college, everybody stepped up their game. Mm -hmm. So, you start exploring, like, okay, how can I get that competitive edge? And it was really my sophomore year that I was like, hmm, maybe if I start playing around with what I'm eating, I might feel stronger. I might feel faster. And we had a coach that was really kind of caught up on like fitness tests Mm. before pre and post season. And so then I started putting in extra work outside of that and hit that window like a lot where I was like, oh, wow, I'm actually feeling great. I'm getting faster. My endurance is better. Coach is paying attention, but I kept- This is working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I kept going and going. And then I should have noticed like, well, now I was pretty strong on the court. Now I'm getting kind of thrown around like a rag doll. Mm. I'm feeling really tired. Um, I went in to donate blood. They said, you can't do that. You're anemic. I was in and out of the doctor with having troubles. Let's just call it constipation. Fun stuff to talk about. Oh, okay. um, and just given prescription after prescription, there's so many like subtle red flags mm-hmm. um, that then just really felt like crap and kind of got into that um, really flat effect Um, didn't really care as much. And so that's where my passion comes in providing that intersection between sometimes you just end up off the road and you have no idea how you got there and to kind of get them back on track and provide some of that education on risk factors that may make them susceptible. From my long, windy journey in dietetics, 
I ended up meeting um, the co-founders of Insight Counseling, where um, it was an eating disorder practice. And I really, at this point, had gotten to where all our traditional dietetics that we learned doesn't work. And I think it's because we didn't address the why component. Um, and so started doing supervision there and really fell in love with working with eating disorders. And from that, Michelle, one of the co-founders, said, well, I think I could see you having this specialty niche of working with athletes with eating disorders. And I was like, huh, yeah, but I got to pay my bills. And little did I know that that was eventually going to develop from that. You know, when you see incidences of sometimes 60% disordered eating mm -hmm. overlap in um, particular sports and situations, yeah, there's going to be a vast need. And I've been very blessed to, to walk that journey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Well, we're going to focus on Red S because mm -hmm. that is your specialty. Um, so first of all, can you define it for us? What is it and how does it occur? Sure. How are we seeing that in athletes? So it's relative energy deficit or deficiency in sport. And really what that means is, is there energy available to do the day-to-day -day functions that your body needs? So whether it's your sport training, whether it's breaking down, digesting your food, building and recycling new bone, um, storing nutrients such as iron and vitamin D, you have to have energy to do that. So I, I kind of use an analogy of like bank. You know, you've got so many bills that are coming in, you better make sure that you have the currency or savings account to cover that because if not, something's going to have to pay for it, whether it means like you're having to dim down your electricity, mm -hmm. you're having to cut your grocery bills, stuff like that. And it can occur intentionally where sometimes that athlete is just kind of pushing the envelope with trying to get away with less, especially our weight-obsessed culture that believes that leaner and lighter is better. So they cut their intake and then they end up in this energy deficit. But sometimes it can just be very subtle. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're they're very busy with work and so they don't account the expenditure there or they start eating, quote unquote, clean eating. I hate that. Mm -hmm. And so then they have this overemphasis in high volume foods that don't have a whole lot of calories to them. They feel full all the time and then they end up with not enough energy. So there's many multitudes of ways that they can end up in this deficit. I think our job is to be open-minded when we're screening and assessing and educating our athletes, our coaches, what I call athlete providers on what to look for and how to prevent it. Mm -hmm. What are some signs and symptoms that you're seeing? Let's say even like maybe the earliest signs that you're seeing in athletes. I mean, of red S. right. In, in the nutrition work, it's um, I'm having stomach issues and I think I can't tolerate dairy. Or okay. I can't tolerate gluten. Mm -hmm. So they cut it out. And then they continue to have issues. So then they cut the next thing out. And so then they actually end up with some nutritional deficiencies as a result of it. And now they've created this hyper focus on what they're eating and how they're feeling. Um, in the sports medicine realm, I get a lot of like bone stress injuries due to stress reactions and stress fractures. But sometimes it's also just I'm running as hard as I can. I feel like I have to work harder to do the same pace so their perceived exertion is going up, help me feel better, or actually a lot of it's like, I, I, fe I feel like I'm gaining weight, mm -hmm. and actually it's because they're underfueled, so their metabolism is slowing down. Then you get in and you screen and assess them, and you're like, you are significantly underfueled. We are not focusing on, sure. on losing weight. weight Let's loss, get yeah. you back into being properly fueled. And Red S... 
it's they've added a mental health component, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you tell God. me a little bit about that? Yeah. So we know that the brain is an organ like anything else. And I, I think we're slowly but surely breaking some of the stigma that's around there. But even when you look at the performance factor, the the first thing that's going to impede an athlete's performance is what's called central fatigue, and that's mm-hmm. the brain. Mm-hmm. That's how the brain is staying alert. That's how the brain is sending signals for muscle contraction, coordination, things like that. So we now understand that when the, the brain doesn't have enough sufficient energy and enough sufficient glucose, so from carbohydrates, we start to see performance decline. We also see an increase in injuries Mm -hmm. because if they lose their balance, that means they might step funny. That's where we see ACL tears, connective Mm -hmm. tissue tears. So we really, I'm so glad that they moved away from just seeing the triad and started Mm -hmm. looking holistically at the whole entire athlete. Mm -hmm. Well, that brings me to my next question because Well, Red S has been around for a while, but I think still people are more familiar with the female athlete triad. Um, I still feel like it's used um, out there. So this is replacing that term, right? And why why has that been happening? Um, Because, one, they didn't include males. It was just female, and now they're trying to say male athlete triad. True, like all the symptoms that you just said had nothing to do with... Mm -mm. Female. Yeah, so the triad was Mm -hmm. like a weight change, bone stress injury, um, usually two or more, and then amenorrhea, which is the loss of menstrual cycle for consecutive of three months. But looking at it more proactively, we understand now that even if somebody's still having a cycle, but they're starting to have abnormalities, they actually have decreased bone turnover. So we want to open this up and start looking at things like... um, thyroid function which actually can be a result of being underfueled iron vitamin d and then all the other indicators one of the most simple things i say it's simple but it's really not is just a change in mood a flat effect so in the consensus statement of mental health that was put out by the ioc they said a lot of times you can rule out when an athlete's struggling with clinical depression or if it's overtraining by having them take three days rest And if they start to have an improved mood within those three days, then you know that that athlete is probably underfueled, underrested, and just needs some time off. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. Three days off. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like red S is a more expanded definition of what's actually going on in the body. It's more holistic. Holistic. I mean, because it looks at everything. The brain, the heart, that's another big thing is... Um, my gosh, we had one of the leading cardiologists that talks about the yeah. most overlooked silent killer of women is heart disease. And we know that the same phenomenon affects the heart. But in the triad, that's not included in there. Mm-hmm. Very good point. <clears throat> well, you have written a whole book about this <laughs> if people want to learn more. Yes, please. Um, dedicated to Red S, Finding Your Sweet Spot. Um, why did you decide to write it and what will readers learn from the book? Tell us about it. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. That's been now, the book's been out for almost a year and a half and then had, you know, several months before that writing it. I just saw a need. There, there was no books devoted to Reds at that time. It's exciting because it's really blown up on social media and it's now getting the attention that it deserves. And I wanted it to be in a way like I understand the science, but it doesn't do any good to use too much sciencey words. Mm-hmm. You have to make it relatable to the athlete, to the parent, to the athlete provider that's reading it. And so that's why I call it airplane read, short and sweet. But it talks about like some of the more subtle ways that this can occur, some of the things that happens, and then some actionable steps that they can do 
if they're struggling, um, if they want to prevent it, there's a checklist at the end. And from there, really trying to actually encourage them to go seek out somebody who specializes in this and help mm-hmm. them kind of guide through getting back to their sweet spot. So it's for clinicians, athletes, parents, anyone is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you also have something else going on, new courses. Yes. And Red S. So tell us about that going on. Yeah, it's kind of fun. So from the book... I got more and more um, inquiries talking about, like, I want to learn more. I want to kind of dig deeper into this. And so um, (laughs) one of the positives that come out of COVID is there, um, actually, my daughter's basketball season had come to a stop and we're like, oh, what's something that she can kind of continue to work on? And so there was the Steph Curry Masterclass Series. And so it was really fun just doing a little bit each day and learning more and more. And then I was like, well, that would be fun to do one on Reds. Mm -hmm. So I did one for the athlete and then I'm kind of switching gears with that. But I think to be more proactive, we have to get those that are on the front lines and it's the clinicians. So mm-hmm. it's been awesome. I've had physical therapists. I have running coaches. I have dietitians that are in there. And we're not just talking about the science part. We're talking about the cultural messages. We're talking about how we can be a steps ahead of that by how we assess their energy needs, Um looking at how to combat some of the messages around body and weight and things like that, and especially gearing it. If they're a coach, how can they convey that with their performance? If they're a physical therapist, they're probably coming in with repeat injuries. How do we assess that and bring it up? So it's been really nice. And from there, it's been something that I think I'm going to shift gears with, with my um, career and focus more on that because I feel like that's the best way to get the trickle effect and provide better care for our athletes. Absolutely. People who are needing to know the message, who's giving out the message. Right, exactly. Yeah. I'd love to have some therapists. All right. <laughs> I'll send that out. Call the action. Come on, therapists. Get in on that. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's a good point. Like, therapists need to know about it too because sometimes that's the first step of someone seeing a therapist that needs to know about it to get them to you. And one of the big topics we talk about in the first part is, is it disordered eating reds or is it an eating disorder? And many a times it's just that threshold that gets crossed. If they have that genetic makeup, it develops into an eating disorder. So it's really important Mm -hmm. for those that are working, even if they have an eating disorder, to be aware of what those physical symptoms are, how that increases anxiety in the brain, how that could increase depression, and be able to send them to a dietitian. Hopefully, they're already working with the dietitian and have that collaborative approach and vice versa. Because many times that athlete's coming in for the dietitian to be like, I'm not running well, I'm not performing well, help me. And really, they're, it's a general anxiety disorder that's being kind of interwoven in their obsession around their food, mm-hmm. and they need that team approach. How do you know if a dietitian is? Ooh, good question. Yeah, Specialized. Yeah. So I'll have them ask kind of what's their philosophy? How do they approach it? Um, what's their, their general kind of framework? Everything needs to be individualized. But sometimes it's really helpful to understand, if, especially if they're going to be really weight-focused, run. Run the other way. That's not the dietitian for you. If they haven't had a lot of experience, they probably have not seen the, the many different ways that reds can appear. So you're 
within your rights to actually interview your clinician before you yeah. set up with them. And it's okay if it's not a good fit, find somebody that is. Because I would assume if you are a sports dietitian, you should know about. You do to an extent, but again, it's kind of science mm-hmm. and athletes are human. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand that behavioral motivational interviewing part. And I think that's where having the eating disorder background has mm-hmm. been really helpful is that I can understand how anxiety is going to present in their food choices, in their exercise compulsion, things like that, and be able to sort out what's disordered and what may be part of their sport. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. The Mm -hmm. combination. Thus, the eight years of uh, in school. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My husband would disagree. No. (laughs) Um, Well, that takes us to our last question that you know. How do you live out the fit philosophy? Especially... uh, during these crazy times, I know you're doing virtual stuff. I know you're doing mm-hmm. these courses. I know you're a mama. I know you drive all over the place too. Oh, but I let go of that. So that was driving. Yeah, yeah. You're local. Yeah, I'm area. local. Yeah. So it is kind of. That's what you did to live out. That the was one of the biggest things. Was actually that was one of the first times in forever because growing up in a rural area, I still had to drive 20 minutes to school. Mm-hmm. So I can't think of a time I didn't have to commute really far. Sure. So in those first couple of weeks, I remember getting into the car. I was like, oh, my God, I have not drove in three days. Mm-hmm. I don't know when the heck that's ever happened. Sure. I was like, it's so nice. And so my husband and I started talking, and he's like, do you think you could make a go of this working in your closer offices, which is Lee Summit, or doing it virtually? I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to try because mm-hmm. it sure feels good. Yeah, Physically, my back doesn't hurt as much commuting all the time. I'm not so run down. And so that was a big shift in kind of my fit philosophy. And I have had to juggle and being like, okay, what is uh, filling up my tank the most right now? Mm-hmm. What's depleting it? And what do I need to change? And with now, my daughter's in a hybrid. So I'm trying to make sure on those days um, I can get home a little bit earlier, you know, juggling with my husband when he helps out. So it is more on the mom plate. And sometimes that's just the way life works out sure. and you just have to shift and go with it. Mm-hmm. So how do you recharge these days? Oh, as always, at the farm, horse, visiting with friends. See, I even got creative. I learned about Marco Polo. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I send little videos to my Look friends as a way to connect. Into... I know. I'm not TikToking, though. <laughs> okay, not there yet. You're not ready for the TikTok. Um, and I think just really having enough more quiet time. I've been putting my phone up earlier at night, trying not to multitask as much as we kid ourselves that we can. We can't. And so um been reading some books that are like, you know, just be mindful in the moment. And that it's amazing how that trickles into everything. Yeah. 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 Well, Becca, um, it's about dang time that we got you here. <laughs> so thank you for chatting with me a little bit more. Well, thank you. About relative energy deficiency in sport. So go out and check out Becca's courses and finding Please. her book, Finding Your Sweet Spot. Um, go there now. Thanks, Queens. Bye, Queens. Today's episode is brought to you by Yours Truly. I'm excited to announce the releasing of my book, Finding Your Sweet Spot in Sport, Avoiding Relative Energy Deficit in Sport, also known as REDS, by optimizing your energy balance. Be sure to follow me on social media or go to my website, www.beccamacomble.com. Bye, queens. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fit for a Queen. And Hashtag fit for a queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, queens.